You are Locked On Fantasy, your daily NFL fantasy podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Vinny Iron. When I'm not doing this, I'm writing about NFL and fantasy football for SportingNews.com. If you come to the website, you can check out my Stardom Sit'em column, the signature decider there for week number eight, comprehensive look at the rankings, players you should deploy and avoid based on the matchup and other factors. And that's what we do here on Locked On Fantasy Football in the middle of the week. We do a double shot of matchups, matchup Wednesday, matchup Thursday. We're back up to 15 games this week, so we'll tackle seven of them on this show, and then we'll look at the back half all the way through Sunday night and Monday night football in week number eight. We'll start, as we always do, with Thursday night football. Big game this week with a lot of fantasy football implications. Not as much with some of the things that have happened for Green Bay, but Green Bay and Arizona is the matchup, so... Great start to the week in terms of uh, scoring, excitement, and fantasy value, and a lot better than last week's game with the Broncos and Browns. So we'll dive into that game. We'll break down six other games for you from the 1 p.m. Eastern Time window on Sunday. Thanks for making Lockdown Fantasy Football your first listen every day. We are free and available for you on all platforms. All right, let's dive into this Packers-Cardinals game now. The line has ballooned up to 6.5 in favor of the Cardinals. It started out 3.5. The over-under is staying steady at 50.5 points. So, still expecting a lot of points. Let's start with the Packers side of things because they've had the issues this week. Devontae Adams and Al Lazard are on the COVID-19 list. If this had been Sunday and they were vaccinated, we were good to go here for these guys. Probably, if they got cleared. But it's a Thursday. Makes it an impossible turnaround there to get cleared and get enough positive tests to play. So, Adams and Lazard, big games last week. They've actually been on fire for a couple weeks here for Aaron Rodgers. They're going to miss this game. So Aaron Rodgers is going to have to manufacture some offense. And what I feel like the Packers are going to do, they're going to go with their trusted guys. Aaron Rodgers is big about trust. You have Equinemi St. Brown out there that can make some plays. You have some other young receivers, including Amari Rodgers, the rookie from Clemson, that could get a bigger role here. But I think he's going to go with his trusted guys. That's Randall Cobb that you can work in the slot, an inside-outside player. He has a lot of trust with him. And Robert Tunyon at tight end. So Cardinals are actually the best team defensively against the tight end. A lot of active linebacker and safety play there. But they're going to have to scheme Tunyon open in this game because he's one of those guys that can get down the seams and make some plays and also help in the red zone where Adams usually dominates with his size and route running. So Tunyon and Cobb are going to be the guy he leans on most, but I also see the Packers pivoting a little bit. The way to beat the Cardinals, got to stick with the run here and be productive there. So Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon, tough sledding against the Washington football team at home at Lambeau Field last week. Aaron Jones is going to see the ball a lot, and they can use him in the screen game as well. Dillon is a bit underrated as a receiver, so... A.J. Dillon, I think, is going to get enough touches here to be somewhat productive. I wouldn't start him in fantasy, but I think that's where the Packers might pivot in this game and lean on their back. So Jones could really see a lot as well. So I think people are forgetting about him with Cobb and Tunyon being the pivots here with no Adams and Lazard. I think you'll see some sporadic big plays from other receivers. Uh, We're not quite sure how that's going to play out. So I would avoid going any deeper than that. Cobb, you can look at as a wide receiver three. Tunyon falls in as a back-end tight end one this week. 
Aaron Jones, I think, his profile raised into a top-five matchup. The Cardinals are pretty giving against the run, number 18 there. So there are some room there for Aaron Jones. They're going to involve him quite a bit here. So I do like Aaron Jones to have a rather big game here on Thursday night. I think Rodgers is going to be fine. Don't worry about Aaron Rodgers, that is. With Amari or Randall Cobb out there at Tunyon, he's going to get his touchdowns. You just might see him seed a little bit of the scoring here to Jones, and we know that they can always connect on a passing touchdown as well. So Rodgers is playing too well to bench. I know some people have dropped him in the rankings down to borderline QB1 status. I would still say he's pretty solid here because, again, the volume is going to be good. I figure the Cardinals are going to have success against the Packers on the other side. So I'm looking at somewhere like 275 and two touchdowns from Rodgers, and I also see Aaron Jones getting well over 100 yards from scrimmage and scoring in this one as well. So that's the kind of game I look at. Very well could be Cobb and Tunyon catching those passes. Could be Jones and Tunyon. So that's where I think they'll pretty much go in this game. Packers defense, very gutted here. That's going to help the Cardinals. Now, the Cardinals do have an issue with their number one receiver. DeAndre Hopkins doesn't miss games, but he has missed two practices with a hamstring injury. But we've seen him play out there and be limited, where he just gets out there, plays limited snaps. He's effective as he can be. Still can be productive with limited targets because he's, he's DeAndre Hopkins. And you don't have... Jair Alexander on their other side. If though, you had a hamstrung Hopkins with Alexander shutdown abilities, you might want to pivot away. But there's no player like that. We'll see if Kevin King can return at the other corner this week for the Packers. Their pass rush is not the same. So Kyler Murray, top five QB as usual in this one where you go. Hopkins just could be limited. Keep in mind, he's not really broken 100 yards in any game this year. He's been a little bit touchdown dependent and volume dependent, which is very bizarre, but A.J. Green is coming on on the outside, so might see a little bit more of A.J. Green and Christian Kirk here if Hopkins is limited anyway. They can play him on the outside, maybe work Rondell Moore into the slot here for the Cardinals, but Rondell Moore and Zach Ertz, I think (laughs) Ertz's arrival here has kind of hurt more. They've pretty much plugged him into the old Max Williams role, that is Ertz. He scored in two straight games for the Cardinals. The Packers are decent against the tight end, but I think they could use Ertz again in the red zone. So if you're desperate at tight end, and especially if you had uh, Darren Waller or Mark Andrews, both of whom are off this week on bye weeks for their Raiders and Ravens, that you might look there in that direction if you need Zach Ertz as a plug-and-play this week for you. You could do a lot worse than that. Looking for a touchdown, however, there. Green has been involved rather well the last two weeks. I don't think that goes away with uh, Hopkins looking a little bit iffy for this game. Kirk can also make some big plays. The secondary is pretty vulnerable all around. And don't forget about Chase Edmonds and James Conner out of the backfield. The Packers are actually the worst run defense in this game. They give up uh, 120 plus yards rushing there. So that's good for James Conner. I think they'll get Edmonds involved in different ways. Usually they produce together or not at all together. So I think mean, it's one of those games they can produce. The game script should be a little bit favorable. I don't think the Cardinals are going to be trailing this game. I think at worst it's going to be back and forth between Murray and Rodgers in this one. So yeah, a lot to look at on this Thursday night affair that uh, we're navigating. I would sit both the Packers and Cardinals defenses. Don't be fooled. I know there's always an emotional primetime bump of playing at home and the Packers are a bit short-handed and this pass rush is there, but the Packers will still have a good offensive line. Rodgers doesn't turn over the ball that much, and he is well protected here for Green Bay. So, and a lot to break down there, but uh, that is one of the games that we're certainly circling for a lot of fantasy football value this week, just without Adams or Lazard as options for us this week. All right, let's pivot to a game on Sunday. 
This is the Dolphins and Bills. Not as much excitement in this one, but the over-under is 49.5, so only one point less than Packers-Cardinals. The Bills shut out the Dolphins the first time. That was a game we said Jacoby Brissett, and this offense really struggled. But the offense has really kind of come together for the Dolphins. There's the Deshaun Watson rumors, but we've seen Tua Tagovola pretty, play pretty well last few weeks against Jacksonville and Atlanta. This, unfortunately, is a really brutal matchup in relation to those. The Bills' secondary is nasty all around between Tredavis White and Levi Wallace and Teron Johnson. They really can stop everything here. So I don't really like Jalen Waddle because Johnson plays pretty well in the slot if they try to move him there. Also, the outside matchup is pretty difficult. Jacoby Brissett is not going to be in this game, so it's going to be Tua. But Tua, again, against the Bills' pass rush, well-rested, coming off a bye. It's on the road. The weather could be a factor here. It is creeping into November near Lake Erie, so it's usually not great for the lesser passing games that are reliant a lot on short passing. So I think Mike Gusecki is the one play you can feel really confident in this game. I think Miles Gaskin you might just play, hoping for some value here, but the Bills are pretty good in coverage against running backs. The biggest thing that helps Gaskin here is no Malcolm Brown. So he'll get the touches and the volume, and maybe that alone you can push him into at least flex consideration this week. Hopefully you're not counting on on him as an RB2, but flex certainly Gaskin can be in your lineup. Gusecki has to stay in your lineup. I know matchup is not that great, but he's just been too good and too productive here where if Waddle is bottled up, I think they would definitely go to Gusecki here and make that pivot in the Dolphins' offense. All right, let's talk about the Bills' offense, and really this is a much better thing to talk about. Pretty much start them if you've got them. You have the Bills' Josh Allen could be the top quarterback on the board this week. The Dolphins' defense is an absolute mess. They were bad against the run, but now they're bad against the pass as well. So, like Josh Allen, obviously a lot here coming off a bye at home, friendly confines of Orchard Park, New York. And you look at uh, the wide receiver, Stephon Diggs is wide receiver one. I think Emmanuel Sanders comes in as wide receiver two. And with Dawson Knox out with a hand injury, I like Cole Beasley as a wide receiver three. So straight down the line with those weapons. I wouldn't extend to Gabriel Davis. If you're really desperate and looking for a touchdown at tight end, you can look at Tommy Sweeney. He did score when uh, Dawson Knox got hurt in that game against Tennessee before the bye. So there is that. It's desperation. You're looking for touchdown only. But I figure with Knox out, they'll pivot back to Beasley as a key third target. He actually was pretty productive, we know, in that Titans game before the bye. So they're going to keep him involved here. The Dolphins are not very good at covering the slot. And, again, Xavier Howard and Byron Jones tend to be pretty overrated on the outside. So that should help Manny Sanders in this game, as well as Stefan Diggs be rather productive. And don't forget two more elements here. The running backs here for the Bills. Zach Moss, RB2. Devin Singletary falls into flex this week. They dominated last time against the Dolphins. Each uh, scored uh, you had two touchdowns for Moss, one for Singletary. The game script should be positive. A lot of touches for those two guys. And the Bills' defense, great play this week. They pitched a shutout and dominated the Dolphins the first time. I don't see it being all that much different (coughs) the second time around with maybe a few more Dolphins points in this one. All right, that's two games here on the schedule here for week number eight. We will cover uh, five more of the early matchups for you on the show. Then we'll get to the back end there for you tomorrow. Hey, fantasy football fans, this is Vinny Iyer with the incredible app everyone who buys gas needs to know about. It's called GetUpside. My listeners are making up to $0.25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free GetUpside app in the App Store or Google Play right now. Use the promo code TOUCHDOWN get a bonus $0.25 cents per gallon in your first fill-up. 
That's up to 50 cents cash back. Don't pay full price to the pump anymore. Get cash back using GetUpside. Just download the app for free and use the promo code TOUCHDOWN to get up to 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. Some people drive a lot are making as much as two to $300 a month in cash back, and there's no cash. The cash back gets added right to your account. You can cash out anytime to your bank account, PayPal, or an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free GetUpside app. Use the promo code TOUCHDOWN to get up to 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. That's the promo code TOUCHDOWN there at GetUpside. All right, we'll continue breaking down the games here for you. Week number eight, matchup Wednesday. Thanks for making Lockdown Fantasy Football your first listen every day. We know, and you know, that we've got you covered on all things fantasy football with the trade deadline right around the corner. Don't miss our live NFL trade deadline show. React to, to every move here on the network, plus a second half season preview and much more. Catch the show live from 3 to 5 p.m. Eastern Time, November 2nd, on the Locked On NFL YouTube page. All right, let us continue breaking down the games of week number eight. We will do that with the Panthers traveling to Atlanta to face the Falcons. The Falcons are three-point home favorites. The Panthers have been total free flow. They're, they've dropped now to three and four. The Falcons are even up at three and three after a slow start here for them. Let's look at it. 46 is the over-under. Let's start with the Panthers. You can't trust Sam Darnold. You simply can't. He's going to stay the starter over P.J. Walker, but that doesn't mean too much. I know the matchup looks pretty good, and maybe there's a rebound, but do you really want to trust them? That was the case last week. I know there's elements of play with the Giants and their stadium versus Atlanta and the Dome, but I'm not going with Sam Darnold. You cannot trust him. He's on the verge of being benched. He's lost it right now. Not going there at all. You can't go with Robbie Anderson. He's getting targets. Targets should add up to production. It's not here for Robbie Anderson. DJ Moore you feel a little bit better about, but, man, with Darnold playing poorly, it's terrible. I think you'll see Chuba Hubbard rebound a little bit in this one. I don't think it'll be a runaway for the Falcons. They'll stay in the game early. So Hubbard looked terrible last week. The Giants, they also couldn't generate anything offensively there and give any semblance of balance with the passing game. So that hurt Hubbard last week. I think Hubbard has a decent rebound game. I think he scores, maybe gets 80 yards from scrimmage in this game. DJ Moore, I think, can also go over 100 and rebound and get a touchdown here. But I'm not tying it much to Sam Darnold and playing him. So Moore and Hubbard, if you need them, Moore falls into the category of wide receiver 2-3 borderline, given Darnold's struggles. And Chuba Hubbard, Moore is an RB2 flex this week. Now let's start with the Falcons <coughs> stuff here. Calvin Ridley scored. You want to see him get more volume. The Panthers secondary is okay, and they've got some playmakers, but nothing to be scared about. So Calvin Ridley, solid. I think he falls into more wide receiver 2 category. That's because Kyle Pitts is dominating as a tight end 1. They're also using Russell Gage if you need him again. Maybe looking as, as a wide receiver three or flex this week. He looked very good in coming back last week for the Falcons, so something to keep in mind. But yeah, Kyle Pitts is just dominating. He's asserting his athletic advantage over all opponents here. They're scheming him well with Arthur Smith now. They took a few games to figure out how to use him. They're using him kind of like a wide receiver hybrid. But Gage being out there with Ridley really helps because it changes the way they can use Pitts here that, with having that legitimate number two receiver engage. It helps uh, Pitts and move around as a slot guy, down the seam guy, all that kind of stuff here. So that's what we saw come to fruition against the Dolphins. So yeah, locked and loaded Pitts. Ridley, that's going to help him. Gage has some value here. Matt Ryan is balling in this offense. It always takes him a little while to get going in a new offense. With Kyle Shanahan, took him year two, but he's filling in an Arthur Smith scheme. It's very quarterback friendly. And Cordell Patterson's being a big part of it here, that he's out of the backfield running pretty well. 
Mike Davis, it's over. I mean, Cordell is the guy in the backfield. They don't really need Mike Davis to do all that much, <clears throat> especially when they can throw the ball around the park here with Matt Ryan the way he's playing. So I love Matt Ryan. Don't be scared of the Panthers' defense. Sit the Panthers' defense. If you need a defense in this game, potentially stream the Falcons. They can contain the run a little bit there and get after it with Darnold, his mistake-prone nature. I mean, the Giants weren't on everyone's radar. I played them actually last week. Got good returns here against Darnold. So, yeah, you can feel a little bit better about the Falcons at home if you're really desperate to stream a defense this week. Speaking of streaming defenses, the Eagles are an excellent streaming defense. I thought they were going to show up and play better against the Raiders. That was a disappointing performance. I don't know what they were doing. They had a pass rush advantage, but they kind of wasted their guys going up front against that offensive line of the Raiders, but they should be on track here. The Lions are pretty weak. Frank Ragnow's out. That's going to help Fletcher Cox and company in the middle of the field hopefully get after the quarterback and Jared Goff this week. They got some pass rushers still. They got Darius Slay, former Lion. little revenge game for him. I think he'll be hungry for a Jared Goff takeaway in this game. So, Eagles defense, you can stream. Jalen Hurts, solid QB1 once again this week with his arm and legs. Dallas Goddard, all alone at tight end. He's really their number two receiver, co-number one with uh, Devonta Smith. I like Smith and Goddard to go off in this game. Finally, together, that's what we need. Smith has been very quiet in <clears throat> two good matchups against the Buccaneers and, and Raiders, but I see him going off against the Lions. Lions have no one to cover the dynamic rookie from Alabama. So, Devonta Smith, bump him up to wide receiver two this week. Dallas Goddard, firmly a top-half tight end for me. This one, in the running game, you can try Boston Scott and Kenneth Gainwell, but I think they're both more flex plays because we don't know how it's going to play out between the usage of both of them with Miles Sanders out. Indication that Miles Sanders is going to be out for a while with Jordan Howard coming back. So let's hope Jordan Howard doesn't pilfer a goal line look here from one of the guys here, Scott and Gainwell. Hopefully together they'll put up some numbers here with a positive game script. The Eagles are only three and a half point favorites here on the road. A little bit surprising. But the Lions have been gritty, and they've been covering in these type of games. And the Eagles are only 2-5, and five, so it's not like they're that much better than the Lions who are 0-7. It's a 48 over-under. I think the Eagles have underachieved quite a bit this year. I think Nick Sirianni, Jonathan Gannon, the jury's still out on those guys. If they're going to get the Eagles in the right direction. But I think they've under-schemed this team. I don't think they've fully taken advantage of the talent. Maybe now that Sanders is out of the way, they can focus on Gainwell, who they really like. Get Scott a few key touches here in this game as well, and they can put a hurting on the Lions with uh, some of their offensive principles in this one. So, again, should be very successful for the Eagles. Let's hope they have a get-well game here in Detroit. <clears throat> now, speaking of Detroit, TJ Hawkinson, it's a good matchup for him. He's getting volume. You want to see more production. Jared Goff seems to struggle. The Eagles are also going to make him a focal point of their coverage. I mean, they could just put Darius Slay on Khalif Raymond and don't worry about him and uh, put maybe Slay on uh, Hawkinson at times as well. So that's what's happening. There's no other receiver here, no Tyra Williams. Quintus Cephas is down. You don't have a Marvin Jones to detract attention anymore. You don't even have uh, Amon Ross St. Brown establishing himself as a rookie that's important here in this offense. So Hawkinson's getting all the attention. So volume is going to be good. The safeties play back. That's going to help Hawkinson produce. But uh, Goddard is going to be the more productive tight end in this game for sure. DeAndre Swift, what can you say? I mean, he's the one line that comes through every week. He's one of the most reliable RB2s. In fact, he's an RB1 with the way they use him. He seems to score involved in the passing game every week And DeAndre Swift. You feel good about Swift and Hawkinson, that's all you go with the Lions. Play the Eagles defense against Goff on the other side. 
The next game we'll get to, interesting game. This could be a high-scoring affair here. The Titans are one-point favorites here. The Colts had been one-point favorites early in the week, but it's a 51 over-under. So that means a lot of points here for both teams in this game. So it's an implied total, not that it's going to be a final score, but 26-25. That's a lot of points between two teams here. So let's look at the Titans side of things. It's the principles. It's a big three. Ryan Tannehill, Derrick Henry, A.J. Brown, roll them all out. I'm not going to go to Julio Jones, not doing enough. The tight ends are more by committee at this point. They're blocking a little bit more. Michael Pruitt, you're not going to trust someone like him or Anthony Ferks or anyone like that. Simply not going to go with Jones. I just don't trust Jones. Now, could he go off and do some things in this game? Maybe. But it's the A.J. Brown show with Derrick Henry and Tannehill using his legs and producing with Brown. That's where you're going to see the numbers here to play all of them. So Tannehill back in QB1. A.J. Brown, a wide receiver one. Derrick Henry seems like he's always RB1 overall on the board. Titans defense are not going to play. I know they're playing a little bit better. Good performance against the Chiefs. But the Colts offense is also performing better. <coughs> Carson Wentz is looking good. This offensive line is getting healthier. So where do you go with the Colts? We'll see about T.Y. Hilton. He's got the quad injury. I think he'll miss another game here. Good news for Michael Pittman Jr. and Mo Alley-Cox because you also have Paris Campbell down here. Zach Pascal's not doing much here. There's not really a chemistry between Pascal and, and uh, Carson Wentz that we've seen. So looking at uh, him, Wentz, I mean, he's been really good so far. I mean, he's been pretty consistent. If you look at the numbers, if you're looking for that 20, 23 points per game, he delivered it. It was ugly last week against the 49ers, but what happened? He ran in a touchdown threw a couple. Those are good enough fantasy numbers if you're streaming a back-end QB1, given uh, you probably are strong in other positions here. So Carson Wentz, a lot of solid matchups coming forward. This is another one. Yeah, don't be worried about the Titans offensive against the Chiefs. I think Frank Reich, this Indianapolis offense, is a little bit more creative because they're going to use Jonathan Taylor to open things up in the passing game, which the Chiefs are not dedicated to the run, and that kind of really hurts them in matchups against the Titans and teams like that. The bad pass defense is a little but easier to play one-dimensional teams. The Colts are not one-dimensional. A lot of things are opening up because Taylor has been red hot <coughs> here after the, over the past several weeks. Taylor makes Carson Wentz comfortable. The offensive line, again, protects Wentz. Wentz has been pretty decent. Last week he had a couple sloppy turnovers, but he, he's been pretty overall pretty good about protecting the ball. He, he just fits more playing off the run a lot better, which the Eagles did not do for him to help, and that's really going to help Pittman and Cox here. Well, Ali Cox, I should say, have another good game here as his uh, top receivers. And uh, get Pittman, wide receiver two this week. Well, Cox is a back-end tight end one. Now playing the Colts defense. And, of course, John Taylor back in our good graces as an elite RB1, just like Derrick Henry is on the other side. All right, we will get into the last two games <coughs> here that we'll talk about, which will be the Rams-Texans game and the Bengals-Jets game. So still some things that you can extract from both sides of those fantasy football matchups. So we're back and better than ever. A new web interface for the start of the basketball season. More props, odds, and lines than ever before. But online remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action of the season. Head to our new updated desktop remote website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code LOCKEDON to receive your bonus from basketball, football, baseball, postseason, NHL, boxing, and UFC right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season whatever sport you love or whatever game you love. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. 
This episode of Locked on Fantasy Football is also brought to you by my favorite protein bar, the only protein bar I go to, Built Bar. Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar ever. If you haven't tried a Built Bar right now, you are missing out. They say it's a protein bar, but trust me, it does not taste like one. You have to try one of these amazing bars yourself to believe it. Believe it. Most protein bars are chalky or waxy, just plain hard to choke down. Built Bar is soft, covered in 100% chocolate, and when you bite in it, you know you're eating something different. It's more of an experience, one that you'll enjoy. In fact, you swear you're eating a candy bar. It is the protein bar that it's like a candy bar. It's a protein bar that tastes like a dessert. Any flavor you get. I love all their flavors. Uh, so many mouth-watering flavors. Coconut, ch- raspberry, mint brownie, coconut almond, salted caramel, double chocolate, cherry barcia. So many to choose from. All the Built Bars are low-carb, low-calorie, low-fat, low-sugar, high-protein. All the healthy benefits on top of just being purely delicious. So many flavors. This month... Built is coming out with new limited time flavors every three to four days, so check out their website often. You don't want to miss out. Go to Built.com and use the promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off your order. Use the promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. All right, time to close the show here, looking at uh, two more matchups. Don't forget, we will close with eight more matchups tomorrow. So, we're, yeah, we're breaking them all down for you. We do not leave any stone unturned here, and we go no-nonsense to the point breaking it down for you. Rams, Texans, another lopsided matchup. It seems like every week the Rams are playing some patsy. Two weeks ago it was the Giants. Last week there it was a rollover that uh, they couldn't cover against Detroit and home, but they're back on the road, 14.5 point favorites. 48 is the over-under for this one. So let's look at the Rams and start there. Pretty much easy. Matthew Stafford, elite QB1. Cooper Cup is an elite wide receiver 1. You can look at Robert Woods as a wide receiver 2. Van Jefferson in deeper leagues is a wide receiver three. So definitely that's how you break it down. Daryl Henderson, disappointing last week against Detroit because we did not expect the Lions to be leading that game. That's what happened. So you really can't trust any Michelle in his usage, especially with that shoulder injury behind Henderson. Henderson should rebound, however, against this Texans team who's terrible against the run. They're actually decent against the pass. They have some pass rush there, but not that you're going to trust to stop Stafford, Cup, Woods, Jefferson, and the like here. You can also look at Tyler Higby. The Texans do struggle. It's a tight ends. They did allow a short touchdown last week to Zach Ertz. So, yeah, you can look that way as well. He'd be in better position than most. So the Rams should really put up a lot of points in this game. Now, the Texans side of things, the one thing we're looking for is Tyrod Taylor. Could he return? Please return. If you've got anyone here for fantasy relevance, especially Brandon Cooks, really. No one else in the receiving core we're looking at. But Tyrod against the Rams, I wouldn't suggest. But there are some good matchups coming up, including the Dolphins next week, so something to keep in mind with Tyrod uh, being a little bit more effective, but in garbage time with his ability to move around, throw to Cooks, uh, a good connection there, that's going to be a better situation there for the garbage time. Now, I also think his uh, return will help David Johnson. They've kind of phased out Philip Lindsay to change of pace back. Mark Ingram is still doing things. <coughs> but, excuse me, looking at David Johnson, yes, uh, sometimes uh, just thinking about the Texans' backfield, Makes us uh, feel a little sick there. But uh, David Johnson getting the key touches here for the Texans. Uh, I can see that happening a little bit more because of Taylor. So 14.5 might be too big of a number if it's not Davis Mills in there. But, again, the Rams tend to be better on the road in uh, trying to uh, cover numbers than they are at home for some reason. Just don't get the same pumped up at home. They kind of more workmanlike and taking care of teams. While on the road, I think they're a little bit more focused under Sean McVay. They'll take it to the Texans this week with that 14.5 number. And, of course, the Rams defense, excellent play as well. Rams defense, Daryl Henderson, one of those uh, good DFS uh, 
related stacks here that you can do this week. All right. Last game we'll talk about on this show, and eight more tomorrow, here on Matchup Wednesday with Matchup Thursday on deck, the Bengals and the Jets. The Bengals have ballooned up to 10.5-point favorites on the road in New York. I do like the Jets to do a backdoor cover in this game. I think that number is a little too big. And the Bengals did turn on the gas and pull away from the Ravens last week, but they might ease on it a little bit this week. And also the Jets' pass defense with Robert Sala is not bad. They can get after it a little bit, contain. That's not anything to slow down Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase all that much, but something you can mind. Joe Burrow certainly QB1 this week. Solid. I wouldn't expect a spectacular game. Again, the game script shouldn't call for Burrow to throw for 400 yards. It's not Lamar Jackson on the other side. It's not going to be shootout city here between him and Mike White on the other side. It's just not going to happen. So keep your expectations tempered for Joe Burrow. I think you can get to the two-touchdown mark that he's been solid here for you all the time. It's also an opportunity for Joe Mixon to go off, though. Joe Mixon, Samaji P. Ryan, we know they had the big touchdowns to help the Bengals pull away last week against the Ravens. Good uh, production there. This similar game script should happen here in the second half with uh, Mixon and P. Ryan. So P. Ryan, if you're desperate, he's a flex play this week if you really need someone. Mixon is a, locked in as an RB1 this week. Chase is a wide receiver one. I don't see a lot of need for T. Higgins or Tyler Boyd. So I like C.J. Uzama. I like Jamar Chase. I think they can win with those guys and the running game and not really force things uh, downfield. Again, the Jets have been pretty good in the slot with their coverage. Pretty good at number two corner. But number one, it doesn't matter who's on Jamar Chase. He's going to toast them. It doesn't matter at all. And we saw that last week in Marlon Humphrey and the Ravens. So, again, Higgins and Boyd avoid. Uzuma or Uzama. You say Uzuma. I say Uzama. You play him at tight end here this week if you need him. Mo Ali Cox. He's kind of the Bengals version of him, and it's hard to trust his volume, but they do trust him. The quarterback does like him in scoring situations, whether it's short or deep here. So that's where I'm going to go here with the Bengals this week. The Bengals defense, excellent streamer this week against Mike White there, and uh, we know the Patriots put a big game up when Zach Wilson went down there in last week's game. So Mike White's going to start. They did pick up Joe Flacco. Flacco's more a contingency, and maybe he'll start next time out with Wilson expected to miss up to four weeks, but it's too short of a turnaround. It is a new offense. I know Flacco played for them last year, but it's Michael Floor this year, not Adam Gaze. It's a big difference here in the style of offense. So I think he's going to need a little time to understand the playbook and the personnel. But one thing I did like about Mike White, he gets the ball in the hands of the primary guys. And that's what happens with the Taylor Heineke, Mike White types. That's what they do. They said, okay, this is our talented player. Let's get him the ball in the hands. So Michael Carter... Nice couple games in a row. Two really strong RB2 games. He's getting nice volume in the passing game. Always a threat to score. He's their leading guy. They're rushing, so I really like the usage of him in the passing game because that's what we want. The Jets are going to trail. Check it down. Let Michael Carter try to make some plays here. So I do like Carter here as an RB2 for you. Just the usage is really good. And he just looks very talented here with his quickness and speed. We wish the... Broncos would use his uh, former UNC teammate, Javonta Williams, in the same way and just give him a lot of volume. But that's certainly happening here. So Ty Johnson and and Tevin Coleman have pretty much faded out of existence here for the Jets and what they use in the backfield. So, fun there. Corey Davis, not a bad matchup. Some garbage numbers that he could put up here against the Bengals. Jamison Crowder in the slot, garbage. And again, Mike White is going to facilitate a little bit better, I think, than Zach Wilson. Keep it simple here. And that's what the game plan will call for. So, 
Yes, you can extract fantasy football value from the Jets this season.